0: are seated if you will pray with me and as we get into Revelation 8 verses 1 through 5 pray with this with me and then we'll I will read the rest for us glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning is now and will be forever blessed are the readers hearers and keepers of this word when the lamb opened the seventh seal there was silence in heaven for about half an hour Then I saw the seventh the seven angels who stand before God and the seven trumpets were given to them And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar and threw it on the earth. And there were peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning and earthquake. You guys may be seated at the beginning of when the lamb opening this seventh seal, which is the longest Uh, weirdest most complex and least straightforward seal that there is there it begins with quiet for half an hour for a full half an hour silence falls all over heaven if we were to look over the last few chapters at the scene that we see in heaven we can see that heaven is full of noises it's full of singing. It's full of cymbals. It's full of a great multitude crying out in a loud voice. We hear thunder. We, hear, we see all this. Our visual senses are attacked. There's a lot of noise. And after this seventh seal, there's trumpets that are blown. And, but for now, there's silence in heaven for the opening of the seventh seal. And it was so quiet that the lack of noise would have been felt. It would have been felt. It would have been noticeable and palpable. Everyone that was there, the angels, the elders, who are constantly throwing down their crowns and worshiping Jesus, the 144,000, and the multitudes of saints from every tribe, nation, and tongue, as well as John and Jesus, who were there, they were all new that this was a moment that they were to remain silent. They knew that there was nothing worth saying in the moment that would have added anything. They knew that the work that was to come from this wasn't theirs and that there was a great power unfolding in their midst. When I think about this 30 minutes of silence in heaven, think about... I think about right after 9-11 when the planes flew into the Twin Towers in New York City and they grounded all the flights for a period of time. I remember going for a walk and I remember noticing silence in the air. Not one airplane was in the air when, no, when usually I always noticed airplanes. It was as if the sky had gone eerily silent and it was a notable silence. The world felt like it was going to end or at least something extra bad was going to happen. But yet there was a a hushed reverence that fell in San Diego. That's where I lived at the time. There's a hushed reverence that fell over San Diego post 9-11 in those few days. Where I think of uh, this last year, just a couple days after the stay-at-home order was given for COVID-19, it was like the whole world was unsure how this thing was going to unfold. We were all watching the meters and the rates and seeing that people were getting it at a, at a very quick pace. And there was a, I, I don't know if there was concern or worry, but it was definitely like, what's going on? What's happening? And I remember we live in the, the, air, the flight path of the airplanes into Payne Field they stopped flying over our house. I went for a walk just to go get the mail and see, see the cars. Cars had stopped driving by our house. I couldn't hear a car, not on the road by our house, not going from our driveway, and not on Mukilteo Speedway. All noises that are pretty constant. It was a silence that was noticeable. There was nothing there. The lack of noise was something that spoke to me in that moment. It was eerie walking up and down that street seeing not another person or a car or an airplane. It was so silent that it was noticeable. And I'm sure that we all have our moments in life where we've felt silence. Where we felt the silence. This is what it was like in heaven. In silence, there is a, a new formed patience that happens. The, the patience is also a bubbling with expectancy. Maybe we don't even know what to expect, but we know something's going to happen. Something that's there. And uh, we, have a, uh, we have this sense that what is going to happen now when that silence comes? And in his book, The Gift of Good Land, Wendell Berry writes about his experience with silence in the deserts of Arizona. This is what he says. "Over Over everything in the desert, there is silence. You don't have to go far from the road to hear it. It is a prevailing, enormous, patient silence, not even dented by the small sounds that occur in it. It is primordial here, before the beginning, the world occurs in it. And I love this beautiful description of silence because I feel like I know what he's talking about. And because of this, I can start to feel or see this picture from heaven in this moment. The silence is so prevailing. It's everywhere. It's enormous. It surrounds us. It's primordial, uh, primordial from before the beginning. It is that old silence that God's words of "Let there be light" were spoken into. It broke in and altered everything with His presence, and the being able to notice His presence. This silence was was in the beginning, as well as it'll be right before this sign of the seventh seal. Soon we will see the seven trumpets. We will see the wars in heaven and on earth. But this moment, this moment before. We should feel this expectation. We should feel this surrounding us, this silence surrounding us. As those who are called to live in God's kingdom, we're supposed to live as if God's kingdom's already come on earth, and we do so imperfectly, we are about to see how our prayers for this kingdom come are answered. And rightfully so, there is a heavily reverence, a holy reverence that goes before this moment. We can see in this passage the importance of our prayers. Prayers of the saints are the incense in heaven. Think of incense as, uh, I I don't particularly like incense, but think of those who might like it. It's 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 a smell, it's a beautiful smell that is offered up it's something that, that means something in the moment that is a beautiful thing and it, it's an offering of sorts. It's a sweet smell. And this gives us the impression that God has enjoyed our prayers, that he likes them, that he likes his presence to be filled with our prayers. And he sees them and he knows that we've been praying and they will be answered as well. Too many times we've equated the silence with inaction. We've pushed prayer off to the side to be left for when there is nothing else to do. It's our last ditch effort. Here we say that prayers are far more precious and powerful than we could ever imagine. As well as the silence does not mean God isn't there or isn't acting, prayer shows us that He is there and He is acting. The saints who pray have more to do with the outcome of time than we might first believe. As we find ourselves praying more and more, the more we realize that we are participating in a way that is effective in God's kingdom. We pay attention and prayer is what we get to do. I read a quote this week from Jacques Ellul who suggested that the Christian who prays is more effective on culture than than one who works in politics. We get to pray as a sacrifice of worship and as we do, a sweet smell rises up to our God who sits on the throne and he pays attention far better than we can ever understand. These prayers are stored up as something precious, not wasted words. I remember as a kid, I would make fun of my grandma who she would drive around and she'd pray for parking uh, spots at the grocery store. We as a family, I don't mean to throw us under the bus, mom, but we as a family, we made fun of her because honestly, she would drive around for 20 minutes praying that God would give her a parking spot. Then she would find one, she would praise God. But in the time that it took her to find a parking spot, she probably could have parked a little further away, walked a little bit further, gone in, done all her grocery shopping and been to her car by the time she actually got a parking spot. She could have been in and out of the store faster if she would have just parked and then moved in. And we used to make fun of her for this. But now I think my grandma had the right idea. She had the right idea. In my over-evaluation of time saved, that is the wrong idea. Prayer for a parking spot and waiting for it, that's the right idea. Prayer is not answered in our, our time or in a way that we always understand, but they are offered up and ultimately have something to do with the end of times, not just the end of times that we live in now, but the one that is to come as well. The problem for us today as I see it, is that we want to see results to know that if something is working, we almost uh, need to see results as if we're addicted to them. If we we believe our prayers are to be sufficient and we need to see some action, we're addicted to seeing results. This is not the way prayer works in the kingdom of God. As Christians, we live by faith and not by sight. In other words, faith doesn't need to see results to know that it is effective in this world. And here in Revelation chapter 8 verse 1 through 5, we can see that the prayers of the saints are effective in this world. We know that this world is real, but we also need to know that the spiritual realm is uh, is real as well. The Bible asks us, To pray without ceasing. That's to never stop praying. This suggests that those who pray are playing a big role in heaven and on earth. And here in Revelation 8, the silence that we often equate to God's silence, we see quite the opposite. He is listening and preparing an answer for us. The answer is not in our time. But we'll see how it will unfold with the seven trumpets as this seal unplays. And we'll see that it will result in a feast where we're all together as saints for all time feasting with Jesus. At the wedding supper of the Lamb. At Grace and Mercy Church, you guys know that we spent four and a half years in the Psalms with the idea that we might learn to pray. We learned that all our emotions are acceptable. Maybe even the, especially the ones that aren't acceptable in church, they're acceptable in prayer before God. We learned that there are times where, where we, uh, where we are praying that might be not be viewed as typical prayers. We can pray weird things. We learned and prayed through the fact that God is present, that he does listen, that he does care, that he does answer that he does work against injustice, and we also prayed through the fact that he will have the last word. And so all the words from the beginning to the end are his. He stands over against history and every empire that his the world has or ever will see. And he stands in judgment, but he also stands in salvation. We spent four and a half years Praying through this thing, and then this passage today in Revelation shows us that all that we prayed over those sometimes feeling like long years in the psalms were not wasted they were bet they were they were spent well, they were well sown years learning to do this, they were productive years learning to pray. They were history-shaping years as we piled up these prayers and we were learning, trying to figure out how this works in the kingdom. We learned that prayer is how God's kingdom gets things done. And here, we see the outcome of our prayers. And I pray that this will encourage us to become a people who of prayer to a whole new level. That we will live by faith And not by sight that we will pray without ceasing that we will pray for parking spots as well as praying that inequality will end that we can beg God for the end of human trafficking and praise God for the creamer that is in our coffee that we will pray about how we are to spend our money and our time, and that we will pray about what we are to eat and drink. I pray that we will pray about our own lives and the lives of others. And I pray that we might pray through the washing of our dishes as well as the bigger things of life. That might be a how long, O Lord, prayer, but at the same time, we can still pray through it. But let the silence remind us that we are, to, we are to listen in prayer as well. Prayer is not initiated by us, it's initiated by God. When we, pray, when we pray, it's in response to Him, even if we don't realize it. When we pray about how to spend our money, we can wait until we hear an answer. When we pray about how to spend our time, we can wait until we know what we are to do. The truth is, prayer is the most effective thing that we can do as Christians, and listening is a part of prayer. Paying attention to the Holy Spirit in our lives, as well as, in the, as, well as the Scriptures, is far more important than, than we think. And I pray, oh God, that you will teach us to listen to you. Will you teach us to pray? In the silence, Jesus will give the next steps for us to take. And as we learn to rest on Him, as we learn to give Him our burdens, He will trade them for His lack of burdens. I pray that we might learn the unforced rhythms of God's grace in this way. In this passage, we see the throwing of the censer on earth. And that means our eyes are supposed to be directed from this heavenly throne to see what's going to happen on earth. Our, Our eyes are directed from heaven to the hell that is about to unfold on earth. What happens on earth in all its empires, when the heard prayers of the saints are hurled down, we shall see what happens as these prayers are answered. All those who thought that they were in power will soon see the uh, effective nature of prayer, and it will destroy their way of life, just like the empires and their idols have tried to destroy followers of Christ's lives for all these years on earth. All those times when people mocked prayer's inability, they mocked that God is absent and God is not listening. If he is here, he is distant and doesn't really care about earth, that he set the whole thing in motion and then bolted, that God is dead, or if some has spoken that God isn't real at all, they will see the power and they will know that they are not the king, not even of their own world. And it will not be to their liking because their, their ideas will be disproved by God's power. And this should cause us to pause and self-reflect for a moment. There are those areas in my life, and I'm sure in your lives is where, well, where we don't think prayer is real. There are those areas in life where we don't believe that God can speak into whether because he wants to, or he hasn't yet. In, There are times when we believe uh, the effect of prayer isn't really happening because we don't see things. And we get to root these lies out of our own life and be born again into the truth that God does care, that He does listen, that prayer is a good thing. It's effective in the way that we do it. And we don't live by faith. I mean, we don't live by sight. We live by faith. So this is my prayer for us this week. Grace and mercy. Let us believe in the kingdom of God. Let us believe in the effective power of prayer. Let us us live by faith and not by sight. Let us follow Jesus, not in haste as in the world is in haste, but with a patient reverence. And may everything we do be soaked in prayer, bathed in it, even at the risk of being seen as a weirdo who prays for parking spots. We pray for and through everything that we have in life because we believe in the power of prayer and because we believe in the power of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who hears and answers our prayers as well. So Jesus, will you please do this in our lives? Will you please show us the effectiveness of prayer. Will you please lead us and guide us into deeper levels of prayer? Lord, more constant communication. Lord, may we come to you for everything big and small. And Lord, as you show us what is to come, Lord, may we take comfort in the fact that you do answer our prayers. In Jesus' name, amen.